we are recording with Mr. David Gosson on Thursday, June 15th, 2023 at 5.42 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we're talking about the philosopher poet, the warrior king, or the warrior poet, philosopher king, Tim J. Dillon. If you don't know who he is, you should probably kill yourself. But you did do your first recording of one of your articles, and the link to that article is in the description. I updated it, and you can listen to the recording. I don't remember what it was. Is it 35 minutes or 42 minutes? I don't remember what it is. Very good. And as I told you via text, and as I'll tell you now, you have a very good recording voice. As someone that does this all day long, you start to pick up on other people's voices in a very odd, serious, <laughs> killer-esque fashion. But you do start right. to pick up. So somebody might send me like a video or something of like what them playing with their dog, and I'll be like, "You have a great voice," and they'll be like, "Thanks." <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, "I swear, I'm not. I'm not in the bushes outside of your house." Um, but with that totally normal introduction, uh, David, could you please tell everybody, tell the good people who you are, as I rudely post the link on uh, the live link online. Yeah, nice to nice to be back, Mr. Kerrigan. I mean, David Goslin here. I'm the editor in chief of the Chained Muse. I also publish a literary journal, The New Liar, which actually I might drop some quotes from this in our discussion about uh, the big city and Eden, which is going to be one of our themes, and we'll uh, we'll get to more about that soon. But yeah, so all things literature, timelessness, that's what interests me. And our, our culture is obviously in a crisis, but the question is, it's easy to talk about problems, right? But oftentimes, a lot of smart-seeming people have these very sophisticated analyses of problems. You know, you have the culture wars, but then does that really get us to the real thing? You know, how long can you stare into the abyss until it stares back at you? Yeah. And does that really actually allow you to get out of it? Yeah. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> a great line from your book you know, I liked was uh, kind of stuck with me is like, is the higher you climb, the greater the potential fall. And right. that one's always stuck with me because like, <clears throat> if you're kind of in a shit area of life and then kind of get out of it, which I... I spent five years in this weird yo-yo limbo of trying to lose weight and then gaining it, trying to get sober and then fucking it up, trying to mm. get a job and getting one and then losing it for like half a mm. decade. And it really did feel like some weird, as I look back on it, it was some weird foggy limbo of a life. Like the, the I don't remember which month was from which year. It all blended together of just, <laughs> into just misery. But as I found kind of quote unquote getting out of it, for really the last three, almost four years, which directly correlates to this podcast, losing weight, kind of, you know, controlling my, you know, spending and saving money, reading, and you mess up here and there. But it does get a little anxiety inducing because sometimes I get a little anxious. I'm like, oh, the show's growing. I'm in a cool apartment. I've lost a ton of weight. I've saved a ton of money. Mm wow if i mess up i could really mess up like i got some savings i could use to really fuck shit up and uh want to know if you could maybe elaborate on that line or right. any line well, you want to and just clarify because yeah you said books so you're talking about the recent yeah, that's a book sorry yeah i meant line yeah, yeah. article yeah sorry so yeah the, the dialogue between adam and eve so i figured i'd try my hand at writing dialogues which i think is a crucial part of 
any classical education, classical culture, you know, like there's a lot of, uh, in academia, there's like treatises, right? Everybody's giving a speech and these long analyses of problems, but that's not really the Socratic method. <clears throat> By the way, I just have a bit of a dry cold here, so if I clear my throat, don't mind me. David is incubating uh, COVID-23. He's doing it intentionally. He yeah. just got back from Wuhan, and he told me it's quote-unquote right. because I hate people. But I did find the cure, which is hot sauce, actually. Frank's Red Hot Sauce. This it is actually... Isn't that convenient that he brings a, he <laughs> brings a problem and also sells us the cure? I'm a believer. Um <laughs> But yeah, so as far as the Adam and Eve dialogue, yeah, it's one thing to be able to just talk about, you know, people just want to be told we were just talking about this, talking about uh, getting a getting good microphones. People want to be told what to do. People want to be told what to believe. And I would, I made the joke that I just wanted to be told what to do when it yeah. came to getting a good mic. Yeah. I don't want to have to think about that. I don't want to have to understand it. I don't care what an XLR or a DLR. I don't give a shit. Yeah, and you know what? That's normal at a certain point. I mean, we can all only handle so much or hold so many things in our head at one time, right? And so we're talking about, I mean, the fall. The fall of Adam and Eve, the fall of man, right? The Which I think today, in the Tim Dillon terms, would be life in the big city. <laughs> life in the big city is just really another uh, way of saying a fallen world. Yeah. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world of duality. Mankind has tasted the fruit of duality. And now we have choices to make, right? It's not It's not just all, you know, blackberries on bushes and rainbows and, like, perfect streams. But uh, so we have choices to make. And so, yeah, the higher one goes... I mean, this idea of just having reached this pure enlightenment where then we're just, we're all set. I'm all set. You know, I don't have to think anymore. I mean, isn't that really, that leads to corruption? Or to put it in, in Tim Dillon terms, actually, and this is a good one. He says money has an anesthetizing effect. Yes. Right? So you see a lot of rich, when people are hustling and, you know, they're in the world of duality, there's all these elements coming at them. Uh, they have to be online to a certain point. But once you've kind of transcended Get to that. that survival thing, that can go many different ways, right? Yeah. Like you could say, sure, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a charitable person, I'm gonna do all this stuff. But you actually see that when people kind of make it, you know, if we're talking about artists, right? Our favorite artists or favorite whatever, do we really think about, yeah, like the super a polished like late stuff or like you know when they're already big or do we think about like the raw yeah. kind of the old school stuff yeah right so why why is that like what is what's with that and why is it that i mean for a lot of bands right like you bands musicians you know it's oftentimes it's their early stuff it's when they were Hungry. on their way up that we're like that's what we look to as the ideal not when they're all just established and posh and like It'll, they don't have to worry anymore. It'll never be as cool. Yeah, and, you know, you always hear the terms, do they, they either fell off, right? They made it, slash sell out, which is what Tim Dillon says, that Valium-esque anesthetization. It's a hard word to say. Um, do they crash and burn? Just OD, right? Um, 
And then there's the rare example of staying hungry, right? Right. Comes to mind is for athletes, you might think of a LeBron James or a Tom Brady. They didn't quit after their first championship. And right. for music, I think a lot of people throw out Eminem. I don't know enough about Eminem, but in terms of still just getting better, um, and I'm sure that there's someone who's watching going, no, he didn't. I don't care. But, Ooh. yeah, no, it's that idea of do you go for it? Do you, do you stay an animal? Um, you might say Rogan. He keeps putting out episodes, you know? Right. And so there's a humility there, right? To not not ever thinking like we're um i mean well that there's this yeah there's a basic humility that as much as we might know uh there's just so much more to know but at the same time it's like in scripture it says what do you have that you haven't received so that's another one where we could say oh yeah i've done all this stuff and da, da, da. but if we're using our our god-given talents right our natural talents good job you're using your talents that you were given pat on the back good job timmy kind of but it's more like well if you're not using the gifts that you have that's tragic people should be developing what they have and if they do even then how much pride can you have if you're just kind of developing the natural gifts that you already have and i think that's where the real wonder comes in right that people do have their natural gifts that we do all have a deeper self and it's our responsibility to discover that because nobody else can really tell us, right? We're all in the image of God, let's say. We all have this divine spark, but nobody can really tell us how that spark can be developed uniquely within ourselves. That's, that's on us. And so I think that's something that we're always going to have to ponder you know, it's not something we figure out and then just lay back. Because really, and even if, we, let's say we do, then you realize, well, hey, there's a lot of people that are still, a lot of folks are struggling. So if you get out of the cave, I mean, well, congrats, asshole. Now you have to go and help all the other people. Yeah. So you're back to square one. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually think that's a that's a nice way to think about it. So it's it's never over, you know. No. Like, we're not going to get bored here. Yeah, what a surprise! All things spiritual are cyclical. Yeah, it's yeah. You, do you go back and and help them out? Do you help out anyone else yeah. in a tough time? Do you go back and or <laughs> or yeah, I'm just, I was gonna, or uh, no, or that's a big or. It's gonna say you know Tim Dillon, but those three little letters, but you're. <laughs> The whole fucking should have kept your mouth shut. The episode where the that lady shoveling snow and gets shot in the head. Did you she what? It's like early 2021. There's like a doorbell video of this lady yelling at her neighbor. She's shoveling snow and she's yelling at her neighbor. And she's like, you pussy. You fucking oh, right. pussy. Like, what are you going to do? Shoot me? Like, fuck off. Get out. Because whatever. Apparently this has been right. some argument going on. Like, guy comes out with a with an AR shoots her. She falls over he walks up right to her. It's really low resolution. So you can't really see it. Puts the gun to her head and says, you should have kept your mouth shut. Kills her. Then kills kills himself. It's It's hard to watch. Christ. And it's, 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 it's insane. I, I've, I've watched it. I can't watch it. Tim Dillon with back with Ben is, is watching it. Mm. It's going, this is horrible. This is bad. 
but <laughs> he goes, those three little words. Right. That's when there's the last. <laughs> she should have kept her mouth shut. But so, no, but so what that makes you think of is, or, you know, are you depriving someone of the ability to become great? If you rose from the shit, from the fires, if it pushed you into a champion, are you, and this might be some sort of deranged uh, logic, but are you robbing them of that by pulling them out of the fire? Well, I guess we have to define, yeah, what that, because can we really pull somebody else out of the fire? I mean, I think maybe we think we can, and maybe that'll do damage, though. You're right. Like, if, if, if people aren't, people have to make a decision, right? They have to make a choice, and nobody can make that choice or decision for them. But like we're saying, you know, if once you get out of the cave, right, because we're saying, like, once you've reached a certain point where let's say you have a self-mastery and XYZ, congrats, you've kind of figured, you figured enough out so that maybe you could help others. Uh, but then that's the thing. If you get out of the cave, the other take, or once you're out, then you become one of the managers, right? Which is what we look at today. You know, if you're looking at people, and I wouldn't say we could argue whether they fully made it out if they choose to like, go on the dark side kind of you know become yeah. one of the managers but the whole point is you're the, the shadows on the wall on the cave wall right and somebody's manipulating those images those are the images inside the heads of human beings and so once the person escapes the cave and realizes that hey those images aren't the real thing but they're really shadows being cast by something else and if we really want to figure things out we have to start conceptualizing what is that thing causing the shadows. Mm. Now, if you get a, a, an intimation of that, but there's something missing in your, in your insight or in yourself, and you say, well, I'm going to help manipulate the shadows now, right? You're going to be recruited into the, the upper managerial class, which is how much of the Western empire system works right the brain trust the road mm -hmm. scholars right if you look at aldous huxley and these types thomas huxley his his great his grandfather or great-grandfather i mean they weren't or hg wells they're like part of the real kind of upper crust into anglo-american intelligentsia right kind of crafting uh crafting the narratives and the the, the vision they're recruited like they didn't have wasn't, to do the thing they're doing Tucker they're not Carlson's dad in the cia yeah there's a whole thing that's a whole yeah sorry and, keep going but i mean I, I i know where you're going with that but yeah so there is that choice right so we're talking about making it climbing higher and hmm. you're gonna have choices to make at every step of the way and the problem is that the higher you go uh, the more anesthetized we may become and then it's you know it's a it's a different thing depending on where you are on the ladder so what happens when you you get a taste of the fruit right but you're you're kind of higher up in the hierarchy we could go all sorts of places with that but yeah i think yeah hence the fall becomes the higher one climbs i don't know that the fall is the fall can be steeper in the sense that 
well, you can you can do more evil. Right? Yeah, you, you can do greater you, damage. You can become more indifferent and less moral. And that's what happens to a lot of people because I, I would venture to say that that's why it's important to like the full development through early education, right? Through the basic educational sort of process is key. Because what happens if we don't get that and then we, we explode, right? You see all these Hollywood stars or yeah, whatnot. You're like 16, like, you're doing a concert for a million people. Yeah, that's not that's not a um, that's not proper development. That's that's no better than fetal alcohol syndrome in terms of like yeah, improper it, development. Yeah, and so I if we can we can take that, but then we can look at on a whole scale like America, right? That there was this sudden surge of wealth. You know, Tim Dillon always he says like my problem isn't even uh, with the politicians so much, or like even the corrupt the 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 bad guys and the rich guys. Uh, you know, what's good without evil? You yeah, know, what's he good says without evil. Opener, and, you know, thank God for them. Yeah, thank God for uh, them, yeah. Because my problem's with the people, right? The people who are clapping and watching Jimmy Fallon playing with fucking Muppets or, like, all these Pop- lame-ass... Puppet shows and, and Waffle Sundays. Marvel's superheroes. Don't forget know. the end of that rant, though. Was it uh, Puppet Shows and Chocolate Sundays? Don't forget the the very end of that episode's. He's talking about how dumb these people are. And then he goes, maybe they're not dumb. Maybe they just know that fighting's useless and the entire system's been captured. So they're doing the only thing that makes sense is eating chocolate sundaes and watching Muppet shows. And maybe we're the idiots for trying to wake them up. Right. So right. That's... Maybe, maybe you're in the cave and you're watching the shadows. And part of you goes, I have a, just... I have, I have a hint it's horse shit. But you know what? The fire's warm, and I have food. Just tell me which microphone to buy. Let's, and let's just enjoy the show. Okay. There's something okay. to be said for that, man. There's something to be said for saying I know this. Th- I know this drug is bad, but you know what? I'm, I'm warm and fuzzy. And you know what? I think the the truth is, there's a bit of all those things, right? Fuck. Some people know. Uh, some people have an intimation, and I guess the question is, like, some people miss the mark we could say for different reasons right some people know actually this gets to one of the themes that they're not willing to face the 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 full picture of the darkness right they're not willing to fully confront the darkness but i would venture to say that when we're talking about any of these things you know tim dylan you know first hundred episodes is about like pedophile cults and like literal satanic pedophile cults and uh you know like beta monarch yeah alpha the programming of kids through trauma to create multiple personalities and programmed assassins now that's a lot right (laughs) and as you say some people's when they heard about some people came online with like the epstein pedophile ring right so you find out it melted their brains political class is largely controlled through pedophilia and blackmail (laughs) and your brain melts a bit you know because like that's that's a that's a rough way to come online yeah um because anybody in our age came up with the internet and you you kind of had questions about 9-11 and you kind of had questions about the Gulf of Tonkin and you started reading about the Fed. We all did that. I know at least I did. Most people I know, you're, you were doing that by age like 16 and 18. And it, it kind of, yeah, you go, you're not that surprised. Versus we had our parents who were watching Sean Hannity up until, you know, 
2018 and then all yeah, of a sudden CNN. yeah or what I'm or whatever sure whatever yeah, anderson cooper tucker carlson both families from the cia whatever but like yeah. and then they come online with like there's an occult temple on like a caribbean yeah. island where they're fucking kids yeah, yeah, yeah. and he just well, gets whacked in a high security that's that's a hard way to come online and you immediately go well it must all be fucked and then you fall into the the big warm net of QAnon. And yeah. Donald J. Trump's going to save you, right? And but, and so that's why, though, I think as much as we can go in into that craziness, right, I think, and we could say that maybe people, one would argue people aren't willing to look at the darkness or they can't fathom it. But really, I think what they actually, what's lacking in most cases, you know, we describe these different characters, the one who knows it's a puppet show, but they're like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy the show. I'm going to have my Sunday and like Bucky's or whatever. They um, eat Bucky's. What they really lack, though, I would argue, is is not knowledge of the bad so much as knowledge of the good. The mm. deeper good within themselves, right? The deeper potential within themselves, which, you know, in 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 some of the recent work I've done, what was pointed out, like in the research that I was reading one of these documents, the, the Stanford Research Institute Changing Images of Man report, which is really one of the kind of like blueprints for repatterning Western civilization around our current, you know, environmentalist earth goddess death cult that's about just like reducing human humanity's numbers as much as possible. They make the point that one of the most difficult things to change, the greatest obstacle that people encounter in a therapeutic setting when they're coming up against something that they really need, they want to change in their life, is their self-image. The basic self-image, the image that one has of oneself, is one of the most difficult things to change. You know, you could get all the right habits, you know, like you, you let's, you know, working out, doing things, but that deeper sense of self and self-image, that is so anchored that that's the thing people will often re push back against things that they know are good for them if they realize that it threatens their their basic self-image oh. and so you see that when we're so this is true in therapy but this is also true in when we talk about these kinds of issues where what's really being challenged is not that hey there's a lot of bad guys uh, and well, there's actually good by good guys as well, but you don't really know much about either. But it's more that this would change one's self-image. If one were to go down that rabbit hole, you will change. Yeah. Right. And so, what's needed to want that change, though? What's needed to What's needed to desire the real thing versus just nice, pleasing imitations, right? Pleasing distractions, Sundays and and Bucky's and, and puppet shows and, and Jimmy Fallon. That's uh like what would get us to break away from that? On one hand, uh, rock bottom, rock bottom will do it. Whenever, okay. if you've ever been to rock bottom, I mean, really just, you're completely fucked and you got to call your parents. That'll do it. Um, f for me, I mean, whatever. So what you said about like, you know, it's not that you're, you know, that you don't know about the good one of the things is if you're ever kind of in a spiral of gaining weight or drinking or smoking or taking pills it's you know you should stop 
but all you see is the hardness. You know you should get up. We both go to the gym every day. You know if you ever go for long periods without going to the gym, it just starts to seem like a bad. You go, you get out of bed, you go, you go. But after a while, you start to not want to go to the gym, and you go, well, why would I want to go to the gym? This bed's so warm. And then you finally, you finally get yourself going. You go to the gym, and you come back, and you go. That's why I do it every day. I feel yeah, fucking yeah. great, but that's never that's never advertised. All you see is, is I got to get out of this warm bed. So it's like the badness is right there on display. You got to get out of the warm bed, but the trophy you never get to see until you have it. So there is, it, I mean, there's a massive uh, bottleneck of like who actually goes. I don't know. Is, is it just random chaos? Is it people who hit rock bottom and have a doctor tell them you got to lose weight? Is it that you, yeah. you know, your girlfriend stops fucking you and you're like, I got to do something? Right. Is it a bad acid trip? I, I, I don't have an answer, man. I mean. Well, I think, you know what? Well, I think I, I, what I at least have come to appreciate, number one, usually the giving advice thing doesn't work. No. It works. In, so like doctors saying you need to lose weight that doesn't really work that much. It can sometimes. And when it works really, you know, when in the rare instances where people do take advice, you know, like I know myself and sometimes I can't blame myself for not having taken good advice sometimes because I didn't necessarily trust the person and maybe rightly so. Like if you've heard people tell you a lot of bullshit for a long time and then somebody actually comes with like a nut, like actual solid uh, advice and maybe they're not taking it themselves, though. So it's like, well, why should I? Um, it, it's normal to be like, you you don't feel safe, you don't trust. And so you're just trying to, but so, and when in the events that we do, though, when people do trust or respect somebody, right? So when they, when a doctor says you need to lose weight versus, you know, maybe their wife, they looked in the mirror, they know they need to lose weight. Their kids told them, like everybody told them. But the doctor says it, well, it's because he's got an authority, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's an authority figure. So now you're getting it, you know, from the horse's mouth, yeah. so to speak. Whereas if you got from everybody else, it didn't really matter. So, but still, that's kind of rare, right? Drug addicts are probably told all the time. Well, they are, you know, you got to stop drugs by experts. And so what really gets people out? I mean, that's why I've appreciated all this work I did on hypnosis uh, research that for, to understand the bad guys, but it goes both ways, you know, that you like, you have pattern interrupts, which is, we could go both ways. You've talked about this too. You know, you, you imagine the worst case scenario, you know, where does one go from here? If we're already like, you know, addicted, this, that, da, da, da. like what's next? Like heroin in the trap yeah. house. Yeah. No, you know, I, like, I just walk it out to the 10th degree. That's where people are like, and that's often what changes and you realize, and I know I've known some people where it's clear that they're not, they haven't done ex- that exercise. They're not playing things out uh, in their heads to, to the logical conclusions because they know that they, they could change. They may, ch- they may not be the same person that they are and that's what they're resistant against, right? It's their self-image and often it's not a good self-image, right? It's people saying, yeah, I am a piece of shit. So, like, why are you trying to help me if I'm a piece of shit, you know? And, like, yeah, I am lazy. And so they'll deflect. Yeah. Uh, and so you'll see this in therapy uh, or people will be like, yeah, I'm not good at managing my time for somebody who's a procrastinator. Or, yeah, I was never good in school, 
for somebody who's you know not studying uh, kind of thing. So these are our deep beliefs about oneself. And the Changing Images of Man document has a pretty good understanding of that, but they're doing it because they want to change the self-image of Western man from that sort of classical, we'll just say Judeo-Christian, man is in the image of God, and you know that means that every individual has a creative spark, is in the image of a creator, and therefore, if man is in the image of God, then he should be capable of doing godly things. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean he is God, and that's where you get these theological debates, but the idea is that human beings are not animals. It's a qualitative distinction where we make choices and we're aware, right? We have shame. And in the that's why in the Garden of Eden dialogue that I wrote, you know, I call it a wonderful shame, you know, that God has gifted man uh, with a wonderful shame, which is that we know if we're doing something that's shitty or that's not right. And da -da -da. it doesn't mean like we're always going to hit the mark. We live in a fallen world. We live in the big city. Um, but we're aware. And the real issue is when the, the, the evil people, they refuse to feel that guilt, that shame. They don't have it. Uh, that's another interesting book where he talks about this, The People of the Lie, uh, this guy Scott Peck, uh, which was recommended by a, a good friend of mine. But he makes the point that the people of the lie, the people who tend towards pure evil, they don't have that guilt. They refuse to, to feel it. So, I mean, these are, these are gifts that we have. We can be aware, we can be conscious, but then, you know, we're going back to taking advice or people changing. It's not from being pushed up against, right, and having your, your thoughts physically change, but it's at your self-image. You can imagine, you're capable of imagining something other than what you are, right? If you can't do that, then, like, what are the chances you're going to change? So there's that, there's that whole mind thing. And I think it, once we start playing around with that, uh, we can go and um, we, we end up in all sorts of new places that we didn't expect. There's also a comfort in being a fuck up because you know, no, but you know what you are and mm -hmm. there's no, there's no uncertainty. I know I'm a fuck up. I know I'm gaining weight. I know I need these drugs. I know I'm unreliable but I know that I'm these things and there's no uncertainty. There's certainty in that. There's, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty in when your life's going well, you get positive anxiety. It's a positive stressor. You know, it's like when there's so many good things going on in your life, but you do get a little stressed. Yeah. You go, I'm dating a new girl. I just got to raise up my job. I'm fucking at the gym. You're like, it's going to happen. You're like, it is. You're like, you're like, ah, how do I fuck down. it up? I'm going to fuck it up. And that's very scary. But, yeah. It's not necessarily a, a rationale based in, well, you know, logic. It's it's not necessarily true. It's like no, you you're just used to fucking up, and you and you're comfortable with fucking up. Like you might be, and, and it's you enter these like new paradigms of reality of like, well, what if sure. life didn't have to be a constant fuck up? What if it could be truth, beauty, and goodness? What if? What if it could be loving? What if it could be like higher echelons of consciousness of getting better and better? And then when you get really good, you could help out others. And it's like you're opening this whole new door to this whole new universe. But that's very anxiety inducing. It's like or 
you could keep eating the Sundays and taking Valium and watching the puppet shows and that you'll never escalate from there. But you, you know it. And guess what? The puppet shows are going to be on tomorrow. And, and there's no uncertainty there. Here's the Sunday. Take the Valium. You're, you're never going to escalate. You're always going to be a dumb seal just clapping your hands. But right. you know you're a seal. And there's certainty in that, man. There's certainty in that. There's, there's Doing this podcast is just nothing but uncertainty. I never know when it's going to get its next break. It's terrifying. There's no moment of peace. But when I look back after any single month or six months or year, it's a constant progression forward. And I'm happy with that. And it's scary, but life is getting better and better and richer and richer. It's very Amen. uncertain, but it's scary. Or it's very uncertain and it's scary. But overall, I know I'm climbing the mountain. And that feels good. Well, I mean, you're saying some interesting things here. Because so, I mean, technically, when we're talking about the change, because you're saying the puppet show and da da da. Number one, I mean, you said the person, again, we're talking about hypothetical people. And yet, I mean, we can all relate to this. And yeah. we all know we've either all been that or known somebody and a bit of everything. Right. But number one, does that person really know who they are? They say, I'm a fuck up. I'm a this. I'm a that. Da, da, da. But are you really just that? Is there not something else inside yourself that actually, no, you, you, you don't know. Like, you're not just that. You've mm. convinced yourself that you're just that. But you're you're lying to yourself. Hmm. And that's actually one of the things that I realized uh, in that dialogue that I wrote with Adam and Eve, where the snake tells them, you know, they're, they're saying, how do we avoid being fooled? You know, how do we strive for the real thing, goodness, truth, and beauty, and not one without the other? And the snake says, never lie to yourself. Because it's one thing to lie to it's others. It's one thing to lie right? to others because you still have you a grasp excuses, on some sort of like, logic. Hey, not what, I'm sick, da, 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 or whatever, I am. I made a mistake, you know, but if you're lying to yourself, like, don't lie to yourself because then like, who, how is this going to help anything? Like you're, you're lying to yourself. Like, what is the point? Right. You and we could go so deep into that, but again, by doing that, you're denying, we're denying ourselves one thing that could allow us to transcend all these other things, however complicated and, and screwed up our life is, right, if we have that deeper truth and we have a notion of that deeper spark in ourselves, all is not lost. And so the worst thing that could happen is a person lies to themselves so that they can't even uh, get to that deeper good. And so they do say, yeah, I'm just this and that, but they're wrong. At the end of the day, they're wrong. And so, I mean, the question is, do we love the truth? Not just, you know, respect it or like out of duty, do what we're supposed to do. But do we do we desire it such that if we're doing something and it's really not the truth, we can kind of be like, hey, this isn't the real thing. There has to be an emotional connection to that. Hmm. And I think the second thing so that we're, we're refuting this hypothetical person who's like, I know who I am. Uh, it's becoming a big thing now, but. I think the second thing is that there is a mystery, right? Like when you're talking about, you're saying there's this positive anxiety, but there's another side. You're, you're trying to get to the other side and you're, you're always technically uh, going to be on that journey, but you recognize that there's something beyond, right? And it's not, 
that mystery is actually very important. If people are going to break profile, right, if they're going to change their sense of self, there has to be something calling them from, from afar, in the distance. You know, Dante, when he was in the depths of the, the Inferno, I mean, there's still Beatrice, right? There is a voice calling and there it's, you know, she's even sending guides, other poets and stuff to help him. You know, he's not alone. And so, I mean, do people allow themselves to uh, take note of these other voices that are calling them that there is this deeper mystery that is there that, you know, is, is, is ready to be uh, discovered if, if we're ready, you know, seeking you will find, as they say. Hmm. So I think it is important. We have to get excited about that mystery, about getting to the other side, you know, whether it's in our own lives or it's looking at uh, the predicament of Western civilization, you know, what's the other side? What does it look like? For you, what is the other side? Well, I mean, I think the answer is we won't know until we get there. Fuck. You know, what is the mystery? What is the voice calling? And then can you even hear it? Do you have to, like, get quiet enough to hear the voice calling? Or can you only hear the voice calling once you start trying to better yourself? Is it only then that you start to notice the opportunities lying around? Yeah, well, I mean, we may not know until we get there but we know we we don't know where we'll end up but we actually we do know how to get there it's by tapping in to that deeper thing it's already there so but we have to listen as you're saying we have to pay attention to that that deeper voice inside ourselves and that will allow us to to remove illusions right about ourselves that's why, I mean, I think the therapy examples and the life transformation examples, right? Whenever, you know, I'll see a YouTube video, I like to hear these stories, right? Because when people have that experience, and then we, because then we can move on to the political stuff, we can move on to the scientific, right? Where we thought the universe was one way, but turns out it's actually another. We thought our life was like this. We thought our story was like this. I had all these memories and everything seemed like da-da-da. Turns out, uh, my story was completely distorted. You know, my narrative was completely off. And now I'm learning, I'm discovering uh, this this deeper meta-narrative that I had kept for myself or, or that had been kept for me. And that kind of transformation, you know, people get, you get excited. There is a mystery. And yeah, I think that's, that if we have that experience of, of, of shedding illusions like that at that there's, there is a rush, right? You know, people, everybody's like, we're all, uh, we're in a culture that's addicted to all sorts of substances and, and thrills and fuels and uh, chemicals. But it's like, there's also an excitement and a rush from knowing that you're getting uh, to the real thing that you're removing illusions. Mm. And every time you do remove an illusion or distortion about, uh, yourself, your past, our, you know, our own self-image. That experience then is is something that we can apply in all sorts of different things. You know, like what about the world? If I had all these, these distortions about myself, 
what distortions do we have about the world? Yeah. And as the snake says, I mean, I, I think this is uh, in the dialogue, uh, the second snake. It's called the second snake. It's not the, it's not the same as the first snake. Uh, but yeah, each time we remove we get uh, an illusion to God. ourselves, others, and the world, we move closer to God, closer to the real thing, and closer to our own deeper selves. Hmm. So I think that's that's stuff we can all get excited about. Absolutely. I'm thinking of the guy holding the Sunday, you yeah. know, and watching. Like, what do we say? You know, like how are we? How do we get in there? Yeah. How do you get into that that warmness? Yeah, it almost seems like you'd have to offer another Sunday in another puppet show, but it's a different thing. It's 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 realness. It's reality. How do you get to the... It's like one of my favorite things about meditating is you'll be like 20 minutes in and you'll start to get these gaps between the thoughts. And it's you, 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 you become aware of that which you weren't aware of, which is just the constant stream of consciousness. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got the email. I got a good gym. Like today I went and got a haircut, got groceries, got my tires changed, was do, picked up uh, prescriptions. You're just doing, you're just going out of the email. Sending text. And when you're meditating, it's, it takes like 20 minutes, but you start to actually, you know, it's like if the dryer's running right now, the air conditioner is running, you never really realize it's running until it turns off. And then you go, it's quiet now. So when you're meditating, right. every once in a while, you just get these little, five second gaps where the thoughts stop and you kind of right. look around and the thoughts come back in but then another couple minutes go by and the thoughts stop again but this time it's for like 20 seconds or maybe it's back to back 10 second blips with five seconds of thoughts in between and then the real goal is when you get into one of those you, you grab it and you go let's stay here and then when new thoughts come up you go uh uh and it's very, very difficult. I've been doing this, I've been meditating every day since 2008, and I still barely fucking know what I'm doing. But if you can start to plant your feet in those little gaps of thought, mm. you just get this insane clarity of where you are. And I mean, like, literally, like, where you are. Like, I'm on my bed. I'm 32. Today, it's a, it's a day in June. Right. And you just kind of you know, like record scratch, here I am. And right. those moments, to me, that always feels like closer to God. It's just like the birds chirp. It's not, it's not the news. It's not, oh, there's a war in Ukraine. It's just, you just hear the birds chirping. A car drives by. You see the clouds are really white and puffy. And to me, that is like, those are moments of God. At least outside of psychedelics, like those are moments of God where right. you're just sitting there on your bed. But it's just here. Like you notice the paint on the walls. And it's just you're here. And then the thoughts start to kind of come back in. And then you got to like reenter the matrix. Like, all right, well, I got to go do a podcast now. And you just all the thoughts come flying back in. But like. <laughs> Back to life in the big city. It's, yeah, life in the yeah. It's just back and just walking around with a, a cup full of ice, just you know. And uh, I don't have I don't have wine, but just life in the big city. You ain't nowhere near a fucking city, but that's what it is. And I would imagine I, that you gotta at some point you just maybe you put down the Sunday for just a minute. 
I mean, and well, and as you say that, it makes me think of a few things because I mean, I, I remember watching a few uh, talks on the question of meditation as well. And I mean, I think you, you made it, you made the point nicely when you said you don't notice uh, like the air conditioner until it goes off. Same thing with your thoughts, right? And that stream of consciousness. Yeah. So it's not until you start actually practicing meditation and like just focusing on your breathing without having all these stupid, dumb thoughts. Just constantly. dumb fucking ice cream yeah. sundae and the more thoughts. you notice they're dumb, right? Like these are all just worthless. You start to realize they're, they're like Kim Kardashian thoughts. You're like, these are really yeah, fucking I'm retarded. Stupid, right? This yeah. is worth, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And so that, I mean, I, I like the idea then that, well, that means we're just, we're starting to pay attention, right? Whereas before we were just on automatic mode, right? We're basically, it's just one trance after another, right? You got to go to work, you get up, you take a shower, you got to make food, you got to go out, X, Y, Z. But then it's like, when do we ever uh, take a moment? The flip side of all that, right, is because at the end of the day, we do have to go back right like into the world of duality yeah. you know like we do gotta go do the podcast we do gotta go get the groceries yeah and technically i think part of the transcendence is uh being being able to embrace it all right because mm -hmm. transcendence is is timelessness right like today we have so many isms so many different schools of thought which is why like you know when i'm talking about art when i'm talking about culture or philosophy i think the idea of timelessness is important and classical education why do we read classics right the idea of having a classical education is that we study the works that transcend time and place and throughout mankind's history there are works that have been composed that do that they are classics they transcend time and place and we want an education that's based on that such that no matter where you are in history you're able to tap into that uh, deeper thing. So, I mean, I think that's where in that true transcendence, you know, it, yeah, we're still going to have to go through the daily things, but we have, we're, we're, we're able to embrace the whole of it. Right. And the idea is, I mean, now we're, we're maybe starting to come full circle is we're trying to get back to the garden, hmm. right? Man is in a, we're in a fallen world. There was the early enchantment of, of human, of childhood, right? Of man, mankind's childhood. We were innocent. And then we fell into the world, right? We tasted the fruit of duality. And now the challenge is everybody is just trying to get back to that innocent state, right? To, to, to become like, like the, you know, the Buddha has the famous sermon with the flower, you know, and, and Jesus, you know, same thing, says they toil not, neither do they spin, right? The lilies, and they don't, the flowers don't worry about this stuff. Be like the flowers. Uh, the other things will take care of themselves if you can actually just learn to be. Hmm. And uh, more famous, he also says, uh, truly, I tell you that to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like children. Yeah. Yet, St. Paul says, uh when I when I was a child, I like loved childish things. When I was a man, I put away childish things. Right. So it seems like there's, how is that possible? Yeah. You know, is it possible to regain our innocence 
uh, and to discover uh, an Eden, you know, is it in the past, is it in the future, is it inside, is it outside? We could we could entertain these things for a while. But yeah, what is that later re-enchantment? I think that's the, the third stage. You have the early enchantment of childhood, then we have the adolescent sort of rebellion and mm -hmm. adulthood, fallen world, complexity and duality. And then ultimately the goal is to once again uh, become, become like children, children, innocent and in awe, yeah. right, of, of the world, of, you know, awed by the mystery of our own soul, that everybody has uh, their own unique soul. And no matter how much we try and understand these things, we're only just uh, getting started. And then, so I, I, so I was thinking, I, I was reading a bit of the saints, like the literature, and what I noticed is they're very afraid, right? The idea, the, the beginning of wisdom is a fear of God, right? That's in the Proverbs, and you'll see the saints are very big on that. So I was trying to think about that, under, you know, and the way I was seeing it is that the more you learn about the true nature of, deeper nature of your own self and soul, the more you become worried about betraying that that deeper innocence and self that is you right to do something that would would betray what you know you are right deep down and so that's how i was thinking about that idea of saintliness and and innocence and in a, in a sense we're we're only it, it takes time right like a child is not conscious so yeah they're in awe of everything but uh, as Friedrich Schiller, an, another poet who writes on this kind of thing, and is uh, he has an essay called "On a Naive and, on the Naive and Sentimental." He's talking about art, and he says, for example, like a flower. Uh, uh, if imagine a, a perfectly real-looking plastic flower. We love the flower. We're, we admire it because it's so it's so natural, right? It's so it's beauty and it's not lacking anything. It's not desiring covetous of anything. It's just being. And he makes the point that the flower or the child is a reminder of what we were and what we must once again become. But he makes the point, I mean, for the flower or for the childhood, for the child, technically it's not by merit. The child couldn't be anything other than a child even yeah. if it wanted to. You yeah. can't say, good job, Billy. Good job on being like in all of the world. Yeah. You like candy and you play ball. Like, what else is Billy supposed to do? You know, yeah. that's, he's a kid. So, but in adulthood, there's there's a difference where we become conscious of that thing that... When we, when we do applaud people who are spiritually, you know, heightened, like, we do give them a pat on the back. We're like, that guy... That guy, that guy knows what's up. Yeah, but then even then, right? I think the, the people who get that pat on the back are themselves the ones that are going to be like, the as they say. I mean, the saints they don't go patting themselves on the back, right? They're more looking at how, uh, you know, how they are lacking, mm. like they are not perfect, which is technically like the key to always. Oh, he's getting better. better. Yeah, yeah. It's... And to have grace and humility. And when these things are lost, right, it doesn't matter how good we are, right? If we lose those... You start falling. We become bl blinded by pride. 
I mean, I think that's this applies to our modern times, right? All this affluence and it's just a couple of generations, decades, right? And it's there was a lot of wealth. There was a lot of a quick ascension, a lot of hubris, you know, starting wars based on lies and all sorts of things. And, and people kind of went along with it for a pretty long time. Uh, so, I mean, these lessons don't go away, but all the more, I mean, I think it's, it's humbling, right? right. Now, I mean, that's, um, yeah, we don't want to end it on a bleak note. No, 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 I, no, no. I, no, I think no, that's the thinking, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we got to recognize the problem, right? And that's actually where we can, yeah, if we can recognize that. Yeah, we there was a quick ascension. Like so, what's like what's needed to ensure that a rise doesn't lead to like a precipitous fall? Yeah. Well, what is needed? How how does how do how do we regain the garden per se? Yeah, is another way to say it. I mean, I think that's where we we got to love the real thing. Right. It's not just Sundays and maybe the Sundays and the puppet shows, I mean, are really good. Like they're the best quality and we could talk about them for a long time. Uh, like Tim Dillon does about, you know, whatever his Entenmann's cakes and, uh, uh, you know, the whatever the cool whip yeah. uh, and cakes. Um, but yeah, if we don't love the real thing, then there's nothing in this world that can save us. Yeah. Or where thy heart, where thy treasure is, there is thy heart. Yeah. <laughs> so unless it's in our heart, I mean, it's people are, are going to, yeah, they they can always just be uh, tempted into, you know, going to those things. And it's always there. Hence the need for humility and the, the deadliness of, of pride, right? I think they say pride is, is the deadliest sin because it's just... The oligarchs, what do they have? What yeah. are these upper crust people that, you know, Tim Dillon always talks about? What is the biggest issue that they have? It's not that they're dumb or da da da. It's the pride. Yeah. It's such an intoxicating. So I don't want to be that, you know? Or as uh, uh, the, one of the openers for Louis C.K.'s last stand up, she made the point like, she, has, she was one of the openers. She's like, I want to be rich. I just, I don't want to be kid fucking rich. You know, like, I, I just before that, I want to. Just before start a, starting a war. Yeah. I want to be like just below Dick Cheney getting Halliburton into Iraq. Like, I don't yeah, want so to be invited to Epstein's Island. Yeah. What needs to happen if we do get to a point where we would get to these points? Like, what would need to happen before such that we have the, uh, the shielding? right? The protection, the moral fitness, right? To, uh, to not fall. I don't think you can have it. I think we're looking at, I think we're looking at an alcoholic saying, I'm just going to have one drink, but I'm not going to have five. I think by the time you're in that momentum of getting that high of a level, I don't think there's any stopping it. I think it's like, it's like a cartoon, you know, like running and then you're sliding and he's trying to run backwards and he runs off the cliff and holds up a sign that says, oh, no. I think that's what it is. Is I think 
when you're at the level of like kid fucking rich, I think by the time you're there, you're probably on like an upward trajectory and trying to stop is like, you're trying to put your feet down on an oil slick. Like you are probably the connections you've had to made make to get to that point. Yeah. Well, that's Good where luck I mean, not going over the vent horizon. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where it gets interesting. Again, we're, we're going down that rabbit hole. And so we discover like technically, yeah. Cause the people though, who actually desire the real thing aren't necessarily don't feel tempted to do most of the things that uh, these people are doing to get where they go. Right. Like they don't, the people desiring the real thing don't feel the need to, uh, you know, make money in the same way or to acquire, uh, to be so covetous, right. And to acquire so many material things, they're useful as tools, but it makes sense that people who, again, where thy treasure is, there is thy heart. If you don't, if you're not that uh, envious of all these um, worldly things, yeah, you're probably not going to be tempted by these things because it's not technically in your in your programming. So to put ourselves, to put the, a sage-like or saintly-like figure, you know, at a party with Epstein, technically it probably wouldn't happen like that, right? Like that's not, they're not in the same areas for a reason. But all the more I think why this the, the stories of like, you know, Jesus wasn't organizing, uh, he wasn't trying to organize like the emperors and like all the big guys, right? Salt of the earth, right? Yeah. He says like, you're the salt of the earth, you know, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But it's only if there's that, that shift in people. And if you have that qualitative uh, change that we can all experience in different ways, right? And are we all get intimations of it or glimmers of it or we hear stories of it and it, it reminds us of something deeper in ourselves. It, it, it makes us aware. Um, arguably, that's more powerful, right, than all these other things. And the problem is most of the people are thinking they have to, you know, get to where Epstein was to make a difference. And maybe that's maybe that's part of the problem. That's one of the illusions. That's one of the imitations that, that throws people off. It seems like there's almost like a self-limiting thing that like, by the time you quote unquote, make it, you can kind of anesthetize yourself with that kind of volume esque lifestyle. Like I don't have to make more. Let's just say you're making fucking 5 million a year, which for wealth is like on the low end of wealth. But let's just say you're making 5 million a year. Like, you don't have to keep grinding. You can just kind of go about your day. Yeah. Does that completely dull the blade? Does that do you just lose all hunger? Are you like, yeah? So now, like someone that could make a change, you know, you with that income, you're now the last person to give a shit. You're like, yeah, I got top tier like healthcare. All my bills are paid. Now, you know, I have pretty good vacations. I don't have to work. Yeah. Is that some weird self limiting, like well, reaction? Well, it definitely will screw people. It's definitely a challenge, right? But, I mean, this is why I think Plato talks about philosopher kings or why Confucius would talk about uh, the aristocratic man, right? Aristo means excellence, right? So the aristocrats are not the way we think of aristocrats in the West, which are just like hereditary blue bloods. But it's that, it's, it's that those who strive for excellence in all things, in all ways... 
these are the ones that should be uh, governing or their advisors, at least to the kings, right, to the rulers. Um, you you need people who have who have gone through that process. And in a in an ideal society, I mean, we could talk about, you know, practically what do we do here and now, but in an ideal society, people are being trained from early on, right? With a, a classical education. That's the whole point, right? They're getting a classical education and they're not getting brainwashed by, uh, you know, with these false images of man, right? Whether it's a, others or themselves, like the truth is the truth. You know, it's not, if people are desirous of the real thing, then the programming is like, okay, it's, it's, you're imposing false images. So, I mean, technically it needs to start early and technically I think, yeah, the people who do get the money and they make it. Yeah. The thing is, if they didn't develop that deeper sense of self, like I was thinking, I don't think they stop. In most cases, they don't. They always need more. Yeah. Like, that's the thing about it. So the reality is, it's not, it doesn't, people aren't like, okay, now I made it. No, now I'm going to work on myself. They usually. The kid's born into it. They're the ones that stop. They're the ones that what? The kids that are born into it. They're the ones that it seemed like they're kind of in that volume haze. I think you're right. The people that make it keep going. They keep, because that's what's got them that far. Yeah, but I mean, that's also why, so, like, for example, in the Confucian, like, or in China, like the, like, Song dynasties and whatnot, the, the, the elite kids are being reared to, to be, like, you're not just being an oligarch, like, you're being at the right times, this isn't, like, always, or, but they're being reared with a, a genuine classical education, or like Solon, right? Solon was one of the seven sages of ancient Greece. Like they're they're learn they're acquiring the wisdom that's needed to actually govern a society, which is the most difficult, you know. But to do that, first you have to be able to govern yourself. And so these things we're supposed to learn when we're we're young, right? So I mean, I don't think there's a short answer, but we can see if people we want to instill that desire for the real thing at the earliest age possible, which I think starts with fairy tales, stories, fables. Uh, you know, everybody knows of the the tortoise and the hare story, right? If you're too much in a rush and, or you're too confident, uh, you know, and you're going to get beat by the turtle. I mean, that's a visceral thing. Mm. So I think beauty, truth, and goodness have to be visceral. And that's the importance of culture, of art, because beauty awakens our senses, right? It, 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 it catches our attention. But then what does it bring our attention to? Does it bring our attention to this deeper uh, goodness and truth? Or is it there to seduce us into like doing something stupid or pursuing something that's just a, a clever imitation that maybe somebody's controlling the puppet show that you think you're you think you're in the show you think you're one of the big actors or you're yeah. one of the big stars um so we have to love the real thing such that hey if you know you're being deceived okay you have a nice cushy life you got the sundays you got the good shows but if it's a lie you know it has there should be a visceral thing where we're gifted with that wonderful shame where we're like well this isn't this isn't it though Right. And I, I think that's 
that has to be instilled. And that's why art and culture are so important. And that's why we see that when these things go by the wayside, uh, it's only a matter of time. It takes time, right? Same way that the elements, the wind and the water take time to shape the surface of the earth. But there's, at the end of the day, all the mountains, everything has been shaped uh, by those elements. So it's it's going to decide the outcome of stuff. Yeah. Well, lastly, is it moral for an outside source to awake the person eat from eating Sundays and watching puppet shows? Or do, do they have right. to be... I mean, is it moral because we go, well, I've awoken from it, and although it can be painful at times, ultimately it's it's better at a more core level. Is it moral for us to wake up people watching the Sunday or watching the puppet shows eating the Sundays. Right. Well, I think it's, um, we'd already have to be wise if we're to go about that the right way. There's a right way and a wrong way. And I mean, I love the Tim Dillon sketch where it's the JFK tour guy <laughs> and talking about, you know, Kennedy's not, or he's in a, dead, he's in a military uh, bunker under this plaza. And he's going to be at the, you know, Trump inauguration yeah. with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. But just all this, he's gone totally schizo, right? Yeah. He's totally like free association, pattern association, yeah. lobotomized yeah. to like the mass. Uh, but it's because, you know, the joke is people, they learned about like the Epstein pedophile rings and how a lot of our political classes are, are blackmailed yeah. uh, through these things. And so their brain melts, Yeah, you know, and I mean, young, I'm, I'm not from what I've I, I need to read more, but the philosopher, uh, psychiatrist Young, right? You made the point, uh, beware of unearned wisdom. Now that makes sense, right? Even if, I mean, depends what you mean by that. But the idea of, you know, people who are, same, same with the personal thing, right? If people have, they, they have a very distorted sense of self, right? Like the therapist isn't just going to be like, well, actually you're, this 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 and that and you're actually like doing all those things wrong and you're actually not really good and they're not gonna do that right let's yeah. that's let's <laughs> assume people person's got a lot of bad that's okay right yeah. the saints i mean again they weren't the saints jesus wasn't going to look for people who were perfect right he was going to look for people who actually were struggling because the flip side is they've been to the other side uh, the dark side, they like they know how that how deep the fall can be, right? And there's a certain wisdom that comes from that. That they're probably in a better position to help people who are struggling than the well-adjusted person who's doing fine, you know, breezing through life. And God bless them, you know, we wish them well, but obviously they haven't gone through certain things, so they'd be like, just don't worry, man. You know, like if you ever talk to somebody, if you if you've had anxiety or something, I remember when I had all sorts of anxiety or da da da. And like people who are kind of well adjusted, I mean, their advice is it's always shit. Like, and essentially, like, well, I oh, they're like thanks. the flower. You could say they're like the flower in the sense that they're just being. Yeah. But it's like they haven't been through the same things, so they have no reference points. Yeah. And it's like, oh well, you know, you have this bad thought. Well, just don't think about it, then. dude. I was having like, oh wow, I was I having one of the worst panic attacks of my life one time at my buddy's house back in like 2018. 
And it was, I was, like, sleeping on his couch downstairs or, like, trying to. And I was just, I mean, like, it was moving from anxiety to panic. Like, yeah, yeah, I need yeah. I need to fucking go to a doc. Like, I'm, and, I, yeah, yeah, just through the roof. And I texted him. I was like, dude. And he was like, just go sit on the porch. And I wanted to walk upstairs and kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love him. He's one of my best friends to this day. Yeah. But I still think about that. He's like, just go get on the porch. And I was like, I'm hypervent. I need fucking like medical attention now. And he was like, just go look at the stars, man. And I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you with my bare hands. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's technically, so there's, um, yeah, there's a wisdom, right. That certain people will have, but all the more. So your question, is it immoral to intervene on the person who you know is it immoral to tell them that yeah the pedophile rings really do have your senator blackmailed and that's why they're you know uh, going to base for the whole ukraine war and the person's like what why are you doing yeah it? um technically that's probably not the best way to do it yeah in the same way that in therapy right it's probably not number one usually a person that goes therapy because they want to change right there's all these variables like, there's the person is the person desirous of something other, right? Have they, and if not, like, how do we bring awareness? Bringing awareness isn't necessarily just like dumping everything on somebody, right? Such that they kind of go, they just shut down. Cause that's the thing, right? It's not just kids, you know, they say trauma, like the kids just forget the stuff that they can't handle. And you see adults are the same way. Yeah. It's not actually that different. Um, so you gotta, you need a bit of art, yeah. right? You need a bit of culture uh, to kind of go at it, not head on, but actually uh, with an artfulness. That's not, it's not deception. It's that you're dealing with a, a people that have hearts and minds and uh, self images, and it's, it's not, they're not robots. We're not robots. Yeah. So I feel that's humbling because then we're not taking this like crazy karate chop head on that kind of thing like that doesn't really work except in movies you know probably most of the time yeah i mean i guess you know it's like you don't go to therapy unless you're trying to get better so you have to i guess it's expected that there's going to be a level of discomfort and shock but maybe the same thing applies to like if you are active in like everyday life, if you are on social media and if you are like having political debates, then you're fair game to be like, Hey, they're all being blackmailed by satanic pedophiles. Mm -hmm. But if you just go meet someone who's like living in the mountains and just like chopping wood and getting well water and hunting deer and they don't know a goddamn thing about anything. Like, I remember watching this documentary about this couple up in the middle of Alaska. And, like, once a year, they're airdropped, like, antibiotics. But, right. And, that, and that's the only contact they have. And finally, some, like, film crew went up and talked to them. And, like, they went in and, like, got their permission and then, like, went and did everything. And, like, it was it, the year was, like, 2014. And they were just shocked learning about 9-11. Right. And I just remember thinking, like, that's kind of fucked up. Like, they were out in their own, like, Arctic Eden. Just, I mean, living off the, truly living off the land. Like, a thousand miles from the nearest town. Orcas or whatever they're doing. And it's like, it's like, 
I don't think you'd they're like, well, we let we you know we brought him up to date on like the war on terror, and all I'm thinking is is like, why? Why did you do that? Like they're they're like one of the probably one of like ten pure minds left on the planet, and we are like, hey, I just want to let you know about McDonald's new stock dividend. Like, so it's like, and just like unless you're going to therapy, and like you're seeking some help, and you know on a deep level that it's going to be uncomfortable, I'd say like, unless you're like not in like the public or political or social media sphere at all. Like you are fair game to be kind of like brought up to speed with like fair how, how you're yeah. being blackmailed by the military industrial complex. Yeah, no, I mean that that's fair enough. Very few people are in that exception of just chopping wood and like picking berries. But I mean, to, and to be fair, I mean, just for the uh, Alaska couple, I mean, that's that's a special case but like i just think of well-adjusted people that i've met and you could you could ask the question though i mean is being well-adjusted in an unhealthy society really that much of a virtue not at all you know like you're considered a good person in a society that's sorry go on being naive is nice like if they're a child right but what is a i think it's one of the proverbs it's you know be as innocent as a lamb clever as a snake yeah you know so it's not one or the other technically to be naive uh, about things that technically like adults need to be able to deal with because you can't really solve a problem if you can't even talk about it yeah so then it's but that's a whole thing right it's we're we're getting we're coming back around right but snake eating yeah is it is it healthy to be is it a is it a sign of virtue to be well adjusted in a society that's dying? No, I don't. Not at all. Yeah. It's. I mean, so if, God bless them. I mean, this Alaska couple. Hey. Uh, but in like, if we're here, yeah, in the middle of everything, I don't think uh, there that we don't want to. Yeah, we don't. We're not looking for a false. We don't just want. We can't forget. Right yeah. as in the dialogue, they just want to unknow. That's not an option. No, no, you so can't unknow. You can, no, I'm with you on that. No, you can't unknow. And it's, yeah, but you know, also to be well-adjusted in this society is, like, not well-adjusted. To, like, to be like, right. to be like, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, 60 years ago to be, like, socially progressive is, like, fuck yeah, you're for, for, like, free speech. You're, you know, you're fucking, you know, you know, you're protesting at the Pentagon. Vietnam is, you know, this is bullshit. You're protesting against the war on drugs, against black people getting shot with fire hoses. Like, that's socially progressive. To be socially progressive today, you're like, fuck yeah, chop off that five-year-old's cock and balls. Like, dude, that ain't... You can call it what you want. You can paint it with any words you want and say it's this is progressive. It's mutilation. To be To be progressive... And saying like, well, I don't, I don't call it the China virus. It's like, dude, it came out of a Chinese lab in a country where they have two million Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps. Like, to be progressive now is not to be objectively progressive. It's to be progressive in name only. And so, like, yeah, no, to be to be well adjusted in this society doesn't really mean anything. If anything, it's it's a negative. If but you, hence. 
if you've never been shadow banned or banned from like a platform, like you're kind of like a you're kind of a pussy. Right. Yeah. Congrats. You're banned on all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah, but that. I, I, and yeah, and yeah. Of course. So obviously, you, I'm biased. That goes back a while, right? They, uh, yeah, like two plus years. Yeah. No, it's yeah. Tim Pool's like we have the balls to say it was a lab leak. I'm like, fuck you, pussy. Fucking say that two years ago, you cocksucker. But now they're here nor there. It it doesn't mean anything to be well adjusted in the modern world. To be like, well, listen, I understand that politics is a you know it's a complex thing, and you know you gotta be you gotta be fucking the right kid on the right island. I mean, that's the only way you're gonna get reelected. Like that doesn't make you a. Given that our entire Senate was controlled by a man who was friends with billionaires and was gifted penthouses in multiple cities. Given that, I also understand, like, we've got to be for, you know, trans rights and Title 42. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, we were, we're, we're through the looking glass. Like, we've stepped into the event horizon of just insanity and mind-melting shit. Like, all the more, I think that's why the only way to, to resolve all these binds, right? These are the psycho-spiritual binds that have, you know, are, uh, that we're enslaving ourselves by, you know, remaining within these, these things. I mean, that's why, cause there are well, like the well-adjusted people are the mean, like they're in the middle, yeah. right? There's people on who are hyper aware, right. Who are fully online. Um, and there's the bad guys and they're semi online. They're kind of online and more online in, in certain ways. Um, but then there's all the people in the middle and a good deal of what, you know, which way history goes depends on, it's just a struggle over a small percentage to, to shift that, that mean, right? And so, I mean, how do you, you can't just burst a well-adjusted person's bubble, but at the same time, like if they're going to, if they're going to confront some of the crazy things that we're, we're talking about. And that we like to talk about or, you know, listen about, listen, learn more about. Uh, they have to have a sense of the good. The thing that would stop them from facing these these darker realities is not their inability to understand bad things. It's forgetting that there's a deeper good. And that's why we're, we have to confront the evil. Hmm. Right, which is just it's it's just a deviation from the good. That's that's its intrinsic nature. It's not really a thing in of itself, so much as it is the rejection of beauty, truth, and goodness. And I don't think there's any way around that. Like that's why people need to be strengthened in their imaginations, uh, in their in their souls, so that you know they can walk through the valley of darkness and fear no evil. evil. You know, we'll wrap it up with with the philosopher king, the warrior poet, the man of an ideal physique, Timothy J. Dillon, what he says at the end of the Life in the Big City episode. All you can do is fill up a cup with ice and wine and smoke Marlboro Reds inside while staring at the fire. And create a bubble around yourself. And if anybody tries to come and pop that bubble with 
news or you know worried about the economy kill them right and stay in your warm bubble and if anyone addresses you you just say hey it's life in the big city and you ain't nowhere near a fucking city life in the big city at the same time he's kind of saying just eat the sunday I don't agree with it. I don't think it's like morally good. I think it's still noir. I think it's he's it's still noir. You know, he's taking it to the extreme. Yeah. So that I think people are I think actually by telling people to do it, they come out of it. They don't do it. And that's I and mean he, that's and He also doesn't thing. live that life. He's still We're now full circle. If you tell somebody to do something, they're not going to do it. They're probably going to do the opposite. Yeah. You're not wrong there. I mean, so eat the Sunday, enjoy life in the big city, and yeah, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Just don't worry. Everything's going to be everything's okay. Everything's good. Don't look into Epstein. It's all okay. You big dummy. Yeah. It is kind of. Tim has gotten, he's turned into a more well honed monster in that early on, it was just full bore. Interviewing Nick Bryant, they're satanic pedophiles. They're eating kids. Versus now, it's like a it's a light touch. He has on those two kids, those two Democratic influencers, and like yeah, he just bust, he just brings up little things in there, like yeah, no, this makes sense, and just talking about like war profiteering and Burisma in Ukraine. He's gotten better at it. He's not as straight up like satanic pedophiles. It's much more of a light touch. And maybe he's just become a more fine-honed weapon. And that's the irony, right? Yeah. That's where we gotta we gotta get to. Fuck. Did you? Oh, listen? That, I mean, that was a good. Uh, that was a nice passage from the uh, Gospel of Tim. From the, the Gospel of Tim. Yeah, yeah. Blessed be his name. Um, th- did you did you listen to about my father with uh, Tim and Ray Kump? Yeah, that was. I've listened to it several times. That's, Me too. It was, I think that's uh, to me personally. I think that's maybe like top ten, top five. Tim and Ray. I mean, it was uh, it was like really dumb, but that that's retarded. actually made it so. That's what made it so funny that I still have to. I haven't seen the movie. I will. I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not. Gonna I had a feeling it. though. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's what he says at the end. Though he goes, "This is the most classless take take on this movie." That's what it is. It's it's like. It's not intellectual. That episode's not provoking. It's not thought provoking. But man, it's a great Sunday. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, if it's a shitty thing, all you can do is then imagine, like, what if, what if this? You know, what if that? <laughs> and theirs was the best what if you could imagine, right? Yeah. It was like the what if it was life. he was fucking his dad? You know, my father. You know, we lube each other up with olive oil and fuck each other in the ass. I'm looking forward to Tim Dillon movies. Oh God, me too. Didn't yeah, did wasn't he didn't he get a, a role in one? Yeah, no, but something that he actually makes that I he mean, makes. That's, yeah, but see, that would be a major shift in the culture, like the whole movie industry thing, because it is so it is so hard to access. But you know, if you get like a new Joe Rogan mecca movie production thing with like actually talented people coming up with movies like Tim Dillon and other people who funny movies, serious movies, whatever. 
Um, see, these kind of things can shift a culture pretty quickly. I mean, just the JFK movie, right? The first one by Oliver Stone, like that. And it wasn't even like you could have even gone harder, you know, or you could go harder today and people would be ready for it. Um, so I do think there's, I mean, there's so much potential when we think about as as much damage as the screens have done. You see one thing where the truth actually gets out and like it can dwarf a thousand uh, about my father's or dreams from my father. Yeah, or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. And we'll wrap it with this. Is if something is so bad, there's really nothing to do but say, yeah, but what if? And then just get the most laughter out of that. Yeah. Is that not so a more, is that not a longer way to say life in the big city? I say it every day now. <laughs> life in the big city. So, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see you all on the other side. Absolutely. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you, sir. Guys, please go into the description. Please go follow him. Go follow his Substack. Go listen to the article, which you can listen to. You don't have to read it. He made it easier. You can eat your Sunday. You can just listen to it. That's what I did. Like a real fucking pig at the trough. I just I listened to it while I drove around today and did did errands. It's fucking brilliant. Um, yeah, dude. Till next time. As always, it's a pleasure, David. It was a pleasure, Mister Kerrigan. See you on the other side. Life in the big city. Recording stopped. Peace.